Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Hey, good morning. It's Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and the chair to the right meet is occupied pearly welcome back i'm in for a cameo performance ready yeah, to roll. let's go say. all right all right uh so should we skip the um social media uh no everything's uh, fine everything's good okay cool so social media update check that box um the under we uh segmented segmented the show like a round of golf the first segment is the underrange segment it's brought to you by the gateway pga Please help me congratulate the 300-plus men and women in our section that are helping to make our golf experiences better. Uh, please um, uh, support them any, any which way you can. Also want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing, 314-805-2132. I've gotten to know these two wonderful human beings. I just love these guys, and they do great work. Inside of your house, outside of your house, give them a call. All right, Pearl. And a cool interview with Martin Brodeur. Um, this guy, I, I mentioned this to you off the air. I, you know, this stupid term in our uh, in the big media. I guess we're not we're not really media. No. Real media is these uh, unintended consequences. Yeah, right? I hate that. Yeah, Absolutely it's, it's makes me crazy. Kind of cuckoo. But uh, one of the our unintended consequences is when I get to do this prep for some of the cool people that have, I've been able to interview. I'm just blown away at what these guys have accomplished. And Martin Brodeur, 22 seasons in the NHL, three Stanley Cups, two Olympic gold medals, Hall of Famer, first in NHL wins, losses, shutouts, games played. He's got four Vezina trophies. I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah, it's such a great interview that you had. I'm looking forward to everybody getting to uh, get getting to hear it. It's really fun. All right, so we've added a new segment, started um, uh, last month. The Gateway uh, section of the PGA, uh, just phenomenal people, are joining the show, and we're doing a seg, seg- uh, a little spot. Blah, segment, we, a segment. Yeah. We're doing something, and we call it the Gateway Spotlight, and we are highlighting um, uh, individuals within you know our, our section, and some of these guys, I just, you know, the, the little minute or two that we do on them just doesn't do them justice. I mean... First of all, I'm going to uh, interview Kevin Korn and, uh, with what he does for Rankin Jordan, and that'll be on the show in a little while. But he goes over to that bridge hospital where these kids are just in rough shape and introduces them to the game of golf and watch them lift their spirits up, and it, it's just incredible. But David Cantrell, who was on a couple of weeks ago, from Cape Girardeau, he's a retired 25-year Navy captain, lost his leg not long ago in a motorcycle accident, was a... PGA wasn't as a PGA professional scratch handicap, and he does he when he um, before his accident he was responsible for this uh, day called Flag Day down there, John. So on Flag Day they would line the streets with a flag representing every fallen veteran from Cape Girardeau. Mm. Pull this up, it Cape Girardeau Flag Day. It is awesome. Well, he's in this accident. And couldn't put the flags up, and the entire community came to his door and did this stuff, and and also were you know these banners and ribbons and hey man we miss you get well soon sort of thing, 
it just uh, that awesome. stuff never gets any play in it. Yeah. I, I just I just loved it. And then um, Lance Fleury is on this week's show, and uh, this is a dude in Springfield, Illinois, that runs two of the municipal golf courses over there. Great guy. They have this tournament, and it's been run over eighty years. It's called the Drysdale Junior Golf Tournament, and they've had up to six hundred kids up there this year. Two and three hundred kids, and Pearl, they play match play. That's awesome. I it love is really that. A I cool love that. Thing. Yeah, it's really a cool thing. So um, I just wanted to thank those guys. Uh, keep your uh, uh, ears open for, for more of these spotlight events. And these are there's so many of these men and women in our community that are doing these things like that. We just want to kind of uh, highlight them and, and give them a little heads up. And, John, just briefly, this NIL NCAA ruling, so name, image, likeness, Golf is going to be a weird one here because of amateur standing. I don't know. The USGA says they're going to come out with something in January. You got any thoughts on it? Well, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a tough one because then they're going to change all amateur status throughout because of what college is doing. I I can't imagine them doing that. Maybe they will. Is USGA going to go down that route? Is the Masters going to go down that route for the kids that qualify from Win in the USAM, mid-am, that type of stuff, British-am. It's going to be kind of a wild one. On I, I, You brought that up the other day, and, and the tentacles involved, the unintended consequences, yeah, uh, as yeah, we hate yeah. to say, uh, here are are far-reaching and could really, really change our sport for, for the kids. I want to give the quick tip of the cap segment. It's brought to you by Dean Team of Kirkwood, 314-966-0303. I want to tip... My cap today to the Evans Scholarship Program and to all the clubs and courses everywhere that support caddies and caddy programs. I grew up as a caddy, love the experiences that I had, and I just want to thank the Evans Scholarship uh, Program for trying to continue that. And I want to thank Colin and Brandy at the Dean Team of Kirkwood for sponsoring the Tip of the Cap segment. Their number is 314-966-0303. Uh, we'll be right back with the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hello, friends. This is Jim Nance, and you are listening to Golf with my friend Jay Delsing. Did you know that the Gateway section of the PGA is comprised of over 335 members and over 200 facilities? I didn't either. Every time you drive up to your local country club, public facility, or driving range, there's an excellent chance that it is run and operated by one of the many members of our section. Since the time I was first introduced to the game, a PGA of America professional was there giving lessons, running the golf shop, and growing the game. The many men and women of the Gateway PGA section spend countless hours behind the scenes doing hundreds of little things to make our golf experience enjoyable. PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Junior League, Rankin-Jordan Golf Program, those are just a couple of the many programs run and supported by our section. To learn more or to find out how you can get involved, go to gatewaypga.org, the Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. 
It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In Southern Illinois, contact Jeff Klein at Mount Vernon TV and Appliance Center. The phone number is 618-242-1579. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie Davila to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie Davila is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie Davila was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner, and he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in, and there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie Davila had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local. This is family. And this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. When things come out of left field... Having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process. When I was ready, one of their specially trained KVS certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiency of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help my swing become more efficient and repeatable. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Perley, is with me, and we are headed to the front nine. It's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. September 6th through 12th this year, the inaugural event at Norwood Hills. It is going to be spectacular. Come check us out. Probably going to be the best field on the Champions Tour. Um, all right, John, we're going to go right into this Martin Brodeur interview. It's, he's got a ridiculous list of accomplishments. We talked about it a little bit at the uh, opening, but uh, let's just jump right into the interview with Marty Brodeur. Marty Brodeur in his home debut in St. Louis. Coming off good number 689 in his career. Back has lost it. Here comes Wilson. Around a man in on goal. And Martin Brodeur makes two saves in the Blues goal. And that's how he starts his career as a Blues. 
Martin Brodeur is brought to you by Golden Tee. Man, aside from 22 seasons in the NHL, Hall of Famer, uh, three Stanley Cup rings, two Olympic gold medals, you're number one in four of the most amazing categories for any goaltenders to ever play the NHL. You also love the game of golf, so we're going to have a lot of fun to talk about this morning. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's a sport that I took uh, when I was really young through uh, through my family, from my brother and my dad, and something that, uh, like everybody knows, that's listening. It's an addictive sport, so it's fun. <laughs> I know. Once it kind of bites you, you just can't. It, it won't let go, will it? No, it's just one of those things that, that when you start, you know, that, that that next shot will bring you back to the course all the time. And you got uh, made a lot of uh, a lot of friendship through the years throughout, uh, you know, the golf community. So it's just been uh, it's been great. Marty, t- t- uh, take us back to the, your childhood, growing up in uh, Eastern Canada. Um, uh, your dad played on the nineteen fifty six uh, Team Canada uh, team, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. So I, I grew up in Montreal. Um, you know, my uh, my family was heavily uh, involved in sport. Uh, my dad was obviously he played hockey at a young age and was able to play uh, represent Canada at the Olympics in, in 1956 in Italy. Uh, was the winner of a bronze medal that year, um, and he became a, a sports photographer uh, from there, um, working for the Montreal Canadiens, the Montreal Expos. Uh, the Alouettes and the, and the uh, Canadian Football League. Um, and my big brother was a, was a baseball player, played AAA ball for the Montreal Expos. And so I grew up right in the thick of things, uh, you know, kind of try to understand a bit what athletes are all about just because my dad had to deal with them as a photographer and knowing what my brother had to go through to, to, in his career uh, uh, in, in baseball. So I was pretty fortunate to, to you know, uh, have uh, upbringing uh, the way I did. Yeah, it's you know, as I look back at it, Martin, with my dad playing baseball, there were things that I learned that I that I had knowledge of that I had no idea I had learned. You know, until I needed them and went through it. Yeah, and, and you know, for me, it's it's yeah, the dinner table, just sitting there, and my dad would come up and, and say a few things about players and how they are and how they kind of ruined his day or made his day and and you know it just kind of you know it's kind of luggage and you just kind of keep on you know put on your back and say you know what one day that's going to be uh that's going to be something I'll be able to use and, and it's funny because you know a lot lots of things the respect I have for the media the photographers the people that are involved that are they're not part of the team but they're people that are employed and need to do a job you know need the respect from these athletes and sometimes you could tell these athletes don't care to just you know, kind of move on. And, and, but just because my dad was one of those guys, I always take a special uh, time for them, uh, you know, making sure that I, I was on time, uh, you know, and I was going to do certain things for them. And I think it was really appreciated from, from the people I dealt with uh, throughout my career, just because the experience I had with my dad. And it's like, it's not fun. You, know, you hear your, your idol and the guy's like 20 minutes late for, you know, for a meeting. Next thing you know, like I'm, my dad's not home for dinner because of that guy, you know? And so these are, these are things that stays with you. It's interesting. You know, there, there, there were such similarities in the way we grew up, Marty, because the dinner table was like where everything happened. You know, everybody kind of recanted their day, and it sounds like you guys had the same thing. 
Yeah, and I, I try to do the same thing with my kids now. You know, I think we, we sit there, we, we put the phones away, and, and we just talk about our day. You know, I think, you know, you know your, each lifestyle is kind of pull you in different direction, and, you know, the dinner table is, is where everything comes back. So I think it's an important time in the, in the, in the day for the family. Yeah, I really, um, as I look back, I really appreciate that, and I had no clue when, it, you know, we were never allowed to miss dinner. We never went out to dinner, Marty. We always had dinner at the house, you know. <laughs> exactly. My dad was, he overcooked everything, you know, and just threw a bunch of barbecue sauce on it, and we didn't know any difference, so we just ate everything there. But I really I can appreciate that, those times. So, uh, Mar- it's, it's one of those things. You remember, remember uh, when you're you know, when you're, uh, your child, your childhood is so important. That's why when I, when people ask me like about like life advice and everything, I said like, you know what, take time, take time to take care of the people around you. It's important because it stays, it stays for, for a lifetime. Yeah. That journey. I mean, having your dad be a player and a, a bronze medal winner at such a high level, and then also being a photographer at such a high level. I mean, th- those are two great perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, like I was, I was lucky enough to, to to grow up in the in the family that it was heavily involved in sport. And like I said, I didn't know where where, where my path was going to lead me. But um, you know, obviously, I took a lot, a lot of the advice that that I was fortunate enough to have from him. Marty, I love this story that I read about you. You, I think you said one day, one of the most important questions was asked of you by I think a junior coach, and said. Do you want to play this or do you want to play goaltender? And I think I, I was just amazed that it was kind of put at you at such an early age. And it, it, the way things turned out, it just made me chuckle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things you never know, the, the you know, the big moments in your life. Uh, you know, you just kind of with instinct, you, you you do what you want to do and, and what, you do what you love. And, and for me, it was a situation that, Obviously, I was a bit younger than junior. I was like, I was eight years old, and uh, one of my coach, my dad, just dropped me at, at the at the rink in training camp, like in August. And um, the guy just asked me, he's like, "You want to be a goalie, or you want to be a forward this year?" Because I finished the year as a goalie and a forward, so I was playing on two teams. And so he just, you know, courtesy, just asked me what I wanted to do. And I just, ah, you know, I'll be, a, I'll be the goalie. You know, I, I just love the fact that I was going to be able to play the whole game. Don't have to sit on the bench. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason why I decided to play goalie. And, and obviously, if you look back, you know, I could have said forward and me and you are probably not talking right now. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it's ama- it, it is amazing. I'm talking with Martin Brodeur. Um, Marty, you are the only goalie with eight 40-win seasons in the NHL. Let's talk about being a first round pick for the New Jersey Devils. And then, man, I, I look at you 22 seasons in the NHL and one of those with the St. Louis Blues. And my brother and I are just, and I know you know my brother, just diehard Blues fans, man. We wish it would have been the other way around. We wish we would have had you for 21 and New Jersey would have got you for one. But talk about the years with the Devils. Man, you guys had a great run. Yeah, you know, I was, I was fortunate, you know, I, uh, definitely after my junior year, got to get drafted in the first round for, uh, for the devils. Um, and I played one year in the minors at 20 years old and, and I cracked the lineup when I was 21. Um, just, a, 
fun fun time in New Jersey when I came up. I think the team was turning the corner. They're, they're, they were becoming a really good team. I think Lou Lamariello uh, became the GM in, in 88, if I'm not mistaken. Now we're talking about 92, 93, 94 season. Um, they hired Jacques Lemaire, uh, Montreal greats, uh, won multiple Stanley Cups. Uh, to be our uh, head coach. And I think that's where I think the Devils just transitioned into a powerhouse. And, you know, I came in as a rookie. Jacques Lemaire was not a big fan of rookies, so I was kind of <laughs> – I had to play well to, to, to keep playing. Uh, but I kind of earned his trust through, through the years. Um, and obviously losing to the Rangers in 94 in, in, in uh, second overtime in Game 7 it was devastating for the organization. And for myself, it was my first playoff playoff year uh and we bounced back right away 95 been winning our first stanley cup against detroit uh, sweeping them in four games um and you know what you start your first two seasons and you think wow this is easy you know conference final the first year (laughs) winning the stanley cup the second year and after that we had some great teams and we never really got a sniff until 2000 where we uh we kind of retooled our team a little bit, got 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 younger and got a few guys like uh, Scott Gomez, John Madden, Brian Rafalski, Colin White. Uh, just inject some some new energy, made some trades for McGilney and some some uh, some high power offense guy, guys, and we were able to uh, to win our second Stanley Cup. But it was funny, like every year for for five years, like this is not that easy, <laughs> you know, because it became so easy the first two years of my career. But um, no, we had a great run. We had a great team. But I think the credit goes to, to our general manager. I think he's the one that, that put teams together. He, you know, there was no salary cap back then, so it was a little different the way you could conduct your business. Like, you know, I signed some contracts with deferred money, so just to help out the owner so we could get more players to play. Now, you know, with the salary cap, you just can't do that anymore. So it's, uh, I think we took advantage of, of the good times there in New Jersey, winning you know three Stanley Cups, uh, and you know obviously we we lost one. You know we always the regret of of losing. You know uh, the 2001 to Colorado and 2012 to LA were really the big disappointment. But uh, I think the experience always stays with you though. Marty, talk a little bit about the difficulty of winning the Stanley Cup when I, when the Blues won in 2019. Man, I watched every minute of every playoff game, and I was exhausted. And I didn't get hit. I didn't skate up and down the ice. I, <laughs> I, I mean, there's there there's always been the lure that Stanley Cup is the hardest you know trophy to win. Uh, talk a little bit about that because it's got to be a mental and a physical grind. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's the hardest trophy to win. You know, if you ask me, uh, I think the commitment of of your players is is one thing. The commitment of your management is another thing. There's a lot of factors in, in why um, teams are winning, and there's a lot of luck. You know, if you really look at every Stanley Cup winners, there's always a breaking point somewhere that you it, it, you know you're still going or or it's over. And I'm telling you, every Stanley Cup that I won, I probably could pinpoint the moment in the playoffs that you know we tilted we didn't we bend but we didn't break you know and I think the injury uh you know I think the, the matchups some teams you know you don't match up as well as, as as others so there's there's a lot of factors that goes into the playoffs and after that it's the grind you know like who, who the players will be able to play with injury who's gonna like 
bail on you. Uh, the, the the guy that's going to come in, they, we have, you know, we call them the black aces, the people that practices but don't play in the playoffs are probably one of the, the guys the most important because, you know what, they'll get injected in the playoffs at one point, and it's how they perform. It can make a big difference. You know, like your top players will always, your top players, they're always going to be there for you. But what makes a difference, and then you saw yesterday in the game uh, with Tampa, is the third, fourth line guys. You know, they score goals in the playoffs, you know, and, and that's the depth of your organization. It becomes into play. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I totally agree. You know, people always ask me, like, what's the difference between winning a Stanley Cup or a gold medal, you know? And, and my answer is, like, you know, like Stanley Cup, you win it with your family. You know, you, you, you go to war for sometimes it's four or five years. You've been a teammate with the guy for, for a long time before you're able to always the Stanley Cup. And other times it's guys that are coming in just at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, now you become friends and this guy never won a Stanley Cup. We've won two already. So you want to make, you know, that guy, you know, living the, the dream, his dream is winning a Stanley Cup. So there's a lot of circumstances. And, and the reason why, you know, you see these guys partying like animals after they won because <laughs> it's a hard one to win. Oh, my gosh, it is. Talk a little bit, Marty, about the Brodeur rule. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I can remember when they first instigated it. I think it was in 05 and 06. And it was all based around you're a, you were a great puck handler. And the funny thing that as growing up as a kid, Marty, that I thought, and I don't know much about hockey, I just love the game, but I thought the goalies would mess the puck up more than they handled it well. And when they put in this rule, they did it because you handled the puck so well and could relieve a lot of pressure off of your defenseman, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things that that I took a lot of pride in in, in my puck playing uh, ability. That was one thing that I I worked hard at it when I was young. Um, you know, I think it, it takes a lot of hockey sense. It's a skill and something that I had that may, not many other goalies had. And uh, you know, obviously, more and more that I played in the league, more and more other goalies would start playing the puck also. So the NHL just felt that it was a uh, it was time for them to make a rule about uh not wandering with the puck and and you know because it's i i get it you know i think you know the four check and like i know when the way we played we 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 always crowded the neutral zone and they had no choice to dump the puck and i was grabbing it and i was making a pass and back we're we're back in offense you know <laughs> and it really uh it was tough on different teams you know that, that they played us especially in the playoffs so they were trying to find ways to try to try to figure me out the way I would, I would play the game. I think my defenseman loved it. Nobody was getting hit because I was the one playing the puck all the time. Um, oh. So it's one of those things that when they put in that rule, that those two lines behind the net there, um, but they, at the same time, they took away the red line for the two-line pass. So for me, you know, I was skilled enough to be able to catch puck before the goal line and quick enough to get it behind my net. But it gave me the opportunity to – make passes all the way to the next blue line. So I was, I was okay with the rule, actually. It didn't bother me. My big concern was my players getting hit. You know, like I, the puck would be sitting there and my defenseman was just going to get run over. I couldn't help him. And that's what kind of made me mad about that rule more than anything. It's not me. I, I figure out the way to play the game. Uh, it was just, like I said, the contact, a lot of accidents happened because guys were coming in so fast with no, uh, no clutching and grabbing at the end there. And, you know, goalies can't touch the puck. So there's a lot, a lot of big collision happening in the corners. 
Yeah, that's what I was saying, that the, the defensemen are just getting killed out there now. Yeah, just, I mean, just the fact that the goalies are able to move the puck uh, made a big difference in, in how guys would forecheck, you know, and, and that, that helped, obviously, uh, some of the defensemen. All right, that's going to wrap up the front nine, but don't go anywhere. We will give you the rest of that Martin Brodeur interview on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Don't miss your chance to see PGA Tour champion legends. Proceeds will benefit St. Louis area youth, including the Urban League, Mary Grove, the Boys and Girls Club, and more. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. I am with my buddy Joe Schieser from USA Mortgage. Hey, Jay. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. Ah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company, so over a 1,000 families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a a local company, please call USA Mortgage 314-628-2015 and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. This is Golf with Jay Delsing and my Gateway PGA Spotlight guest this morning is Lance Fleury. Lance, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, tell the folks about the great stuff you're doing in Springfield. I know you're the director of golf at the two courses, two municipal courses there. Tell us about the Drysdale. Yeah, so the Drysdale is, um, this will be the 84th year this year. Um, It's named after a sports writer from Springfield. And uh, what's unique about it is it's a, it's a four-day event. Uh, first day is stroke play, then we put them into brackets, and they play match play for the rest of the week and get them down to two players per flight on Thursday. So really neat opportunity. Um, and we've been fortunate to have Kone Elevator sponsored the last couple of years. So we're excited to get this one going. It's July 12th to the 15th. Um, and uh, if they want to get signed up, they can do it. Get the registration form through our golf website. It's SpringfieldParkDistrictGolf.org. And, Lance, you get a hell of a lot of kids to participate. I was just fascinated. Yeah, so, you know, it's declined a little bit over, over the years, uh, but we still have, you know, between two to 300 to participate between uh, uh, the 18-hole facility and the nine-hole facility as well. So we got the younger kids at Bergen Golf Course and the older kids playing at, at Bunn. Well, that's just terrific, and um, thanks so much for joining me this morning, and keep doing the great stuff in Springfield, Illinois. 
Jay, I appreciate you having us on. That's Lance Fleury, my guest this morning. You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. I want to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently. Pearly, that does the show with me, just bought a nice Toyota truck from Collins. So I want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need, anything at all, you can get it at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You can call them at 314 314- 966-0303 or visit them at DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Am I on? <laughs> Whoa. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me, and Brad Barnes is sort of taking care of us here. He's just throwing us all sorts of curveballs. But um, we are on the back nine. It's brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. 314-398-0101. If you have any sort of insurance needs, call Ed. He's got his family members working there, and they will help you out. Let's get right back into the back end of the Martin Brodeur interview. 8.9 8.9 to go, Taves against Madden. False start, now it's one. Taves flopped it on back. Barker kept it, shot one, blocked down in front. Oh, and a pad stop made by Rodor. Cleared back along, not out. One more by Barker, blocked. And Martin Rodor is the winningest goaltender in the NHL. Martin Brodeur is brought to you by Golden Tee. It's a four-time Vesna Trophy winner, which is the award for the top goalie in the NHL, five-time Jennings Trophy winner, um, 10-time All-Star, uh, Calder Trophy winner for Rookie of the Year. Marty, did you get to play? Let's let's shift gears a little bit to golf and stuff. Did you ever get to play any during the season? I mean, I know what New Jersey's like in the wintertime. Uh, yeah, you know, like, during – during the winter, it was it's kind of hard, obviously, being being uh, playing playing in New Jersey to to, to play. Uh, but when we would go in Florida or Arizona or California, we'd, we'd uh, rent clubs and, and go out on our days off, you know, and try to play a little bit. Um, but I kind of it's it's funny. I got hooked up in golf. I think you know, at, a, at a young age, and then that to me was a. I love playing golf during the hockey season. Uh, it kind of took took me away from from the game. Uh, so. Like in 2000, when we had the run, uh, I I would play nine holes after every game at home uh, with my uh, my assistant pro at the the country club I belonged at the time, SX Fells Country Club in New Jersey, and so that would be great. Like I would wait, I would play the game at night. Next morning, I would woke up, probably get get to the club around eight o'clock in the morning, and spend about two hours with my assistant pro, just kind of taking a card because I don't want to get tired. But just kind of play golf, work on my swing, and uh, just in after the round, I would just take lunch and, and go to practice and get ready for the next game. So I, I did that like for two months, 
uh, in 2000. And that really helped me kind of, and I didn't tell anybody that because I'm sure my coach wouldn't <laughs> appreciate me <laughs> going play golf uh, in between ga- day games. But uh, that's the way it did. I thought it worked out well. We won that that year. We won that cup. So, Marty, uh, the the mental side of of goal uh, of being a goaltender. How do you deal? With, how did you deal with some of the things? The, I mean, golf is such a fine line. But man, you guys are playing on ice. The speed of the game, the power, the way the guys shoot the puck, and it had to be tough sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a position a bit like a golfer, and you see a quarterback or a pitcher. You're 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 in your head a lot. You know, that's you sit sit back there like yes, you do have teammates, but you know what? You can't talk to them really because they're on the bench or they're playing the game. So you know all the adversity that you're going through and the difficulties that you see coming at you, are uh, you you have to deal it by yourself a lot. You know, and and uh, I think it's it's one of those things you take everything in stride. You know, um, you have to be focused. I think you can't be over focused. I think that's one thing I learned. Like with playing with other players or other seeing other goalies or even for myself that when you start thinking too much, uh, sometimes it goes the other way on you. And so I always had the times of, of the game that I would really space out and not think about what, what I was doing. And this for me in hockey was, was in between the whistles, you know, and, and I would make a point to really skate out of my crease and get, the game out of my head until the puck was dropped again. And I think it really helped me to focus when the time, you know, when the time was coming to, to, to perform because you're not over-focusing, you know, you know, because when we, when you play hockey, like you're, you're on the ice, I mean, it's a two and a half hour thing. So if you, you know, if you always concentrate and, and grinding it, like it, it, it becomes tough to, to you, for you mentally. And then there's breakdowns mentally. So you, you really have to get in and out of the game as much as you can and to be able to refocus the right way when, when the opportunities are coming in front of you. Yeah, you know, Marty, I get asked all the time, how do you guys concentrate for four hours in a round of golf? And I say, we don't. We do exactly what you said. It's these, these, these spurts of going in and out. You know, you're in for this shot, and now you deal with what you just did, and then you walk to go hit your next shot, and in between that, my mind's talking hockey, my, you know, sports, whatever, families, whatever it is. And, and then, you know, then you jump back in or else, man, you'd be exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah, no, and it, it, it takes you a while to figure that one out because you're so focused, you want to do so well that you sometimes just overdo it. You know, I think it, it becomes a routine. You have to have a routine that you're comfortable with. And whenever you feel that, that you have success with that routine, you just stay with it, you know, and stay with it. And again, you know, like in sports, like the guys are, are going to, you know, they're superstitious, you know, something happens, oh, you have success. Next thing you know, you try to do the same thing. Um, for me, it was, you know, when, when, when I played the game of hockey, it was, was all right. I get up in the morning, I was doing the same thing over and over, not because I was superstitious, because I knew exactly how I was going to feel when game time is going to come. So whatever I put in my body as far as food or, or drinks, I knew exactly how you know, how I was going to feel at night. So that's why I didn't change much about like my diet or anything. I just made sure that I, I ate the same thing over and over just so, you know, like I said, it was part of my routine. It's not like I was superstitious. I just wanted to make sure that I felt the same way every time I needed to perform. And that's what sometimes athletes have a hard time with, you know, it's a, how do you get yourself to be at the peak performance uh, when, when, when it's time? 
Yeah, I think one of the hardest things for me, Marty, was playing my best when I needed it, right? I mean, I could hit you, – you felt this before. You get on the driving range, you don't miss a shot. You go over the first tee and you grab your driver and it feels like you got something else in your hand. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> you know, like when you play for 22 years, <laughs> there's a, a lot of those uh, things happen to me too. Uh, but it's it's you have to fight through it. That's that's the you know that's the difference between being a great athlete or just an average athlete. Yeah. So Marty, when you when were you literally was your mindset when you were playing hockey was it literally see the puck, stop the puck, or I mean, obviously you probably kept try to keep your body as square to the shooter as you could, but your game moves so quickly. I mean, sometimes you're just you know you're just laying it all out on the line in one direction or another, trying to get a piece of that puck. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of it is positioning. You know, I think you have to keep your eye on the puck, obviously. Uh, but the game is so fast with, with the, some of the screens that you have in front of you, some of the deflections. So, you know, like, like anything, your posture in the net is important. Uh, you know, being square to the puck, like you said, is probably the main thing. Uh, but you have to anticipate, you know, you have to have the, some hockey IQ to understand where the puck's going, how players are thinking and uh, what are their habits as far as shooting. Uh, and that's all the homework you do before a game, knowing that Ovechkin is going to be in this spot at all times. So, or for me back then when I played, uh, when I played the blues, I, I knew exactly where Brett Hall was all the time because I knew he was going to, probably score on me if I don't pay attention, you know, so I knew exactly where it was, but I didn't have to look at him the whole time. I just knew where he's, he, where he's at. And these are just homework as a goalie. You have to do if you want, if you want to be successful, just to be a, a bit ahead of, of the game, uh, just knowing where, what tendencies our players have. Yeah. Marty, t- tell us a little bit about your, your uh, one year in St. Louis. It changed you a little bit. You think differently about our town now, don't you? Well, I, you know, to be to be uh, to be honest, I, I didn't have any opinion about your town because <laughs> I was never really here. I was in and out, uh, you know. But listen, uh, it changed it changed our lives. My my wife and I and, and my son Max live here now for um, almost seven years. Uh, but it's kind of blessing in the skies a little bit. You know, I played my whole career in in, uh, in New Jersey. Thought I was going to retire, go to Florida, you know, and. Like I said, like I belong to a great spot in Pine Tree uh, uh, Golf Club there in, in Boynton Beach, Florida, and I was going to move there. And uh, when I was done with the Devils, and got a phone call, uh, I think it was middle of November. Uh, Brian Elliott just got hurt. I didn't even know. I didn't watch the game the night before. And Doug Armstrong and Al McKinnis gave me a call at home, and they asked me if like if I was still in shape to play. Uh, they would love to give me like a like a pro like contract like just a tryout contract to see how I look and uh, kind of talked to my wife like I never thought about playing anywhere else in my life you know I was I was retired like I was you know I was gonna hang it up in, in January I was just kind of waiting and I said well this is gonna be a good challenge and you know kind of took uh, took a flight to St. Louis you know kind of flew over the uh, the arch I was like wow this is pretty cool you know like <laughs> just I felt like a kid you know it was just it was kind of weird a weird feeling I've never left New Jersey never thought about playing anywhere else and uh obviously i came in it was kind of a rough time with the ferguson riots and everything that so was just at the tail end of that so it's kind of weird a little bit to walk around with uh in clayton when uh the military was there <laughs> with the big truck and everything so that was kind of interesting but um 
yeah, so I got I got to play. They decided to keep me on. I knew it was going to be a short a uh, short term uh, contract because Brian, I think, was coming back in about two or three months, and uh, so I just stayed stayed on, played a few games, um, got to know the area, got to know the people around the organization, uh, met some great friends. I was there for two months. Like I said, my my wife uh, came down uh, with my little one. Uh, we put him in day like daycare school here in in. Uh, somewhere in Clayton, I think. And um, when, you know, when they didn't need me anymore, I decided to retire in January or February. Um, and uh, Doug asked me to stick around. He says, I know you want to do, you want to be part of management one day. He goes, I can teach you a little bit if you want to stick around. And it's funny, I knew Doug, but not a lot, but I knew him from Team Canada. And I, I felt it was a great opportunity for me to learn a little bit. And, you know, my family was already here, so it was an easy thing to do. And so we uh, we did that for the rest of the year. And um, he offered me an assistant general manager job for, you know, signed me to a contract for three years with him and kind of stayed. And, you know, we never left, you know. <laughs> Just like I said, like my wife loves it here. I love it. I, I work in New Jersey now, but uh, I commute back and forth. Uh, I think they're, they're pretty lenient on my time over there. So I'm able to kind of – meet you know what i want to do in, in hockey management and uh you know family life in, in st louis has been great which which place has a, a more favorite golf courses for you oh you know what that's a toughie st louis is, yeah st louis is a bit of a sleeper but you know obviously in the new york area it's, it's kind of pretty good and, you know the ball to strolls and the playing fields and I'm I'm a member at the Essex County Country Club. Oh, that's too. beautiful. Old like old yeah, old courses. Um obviously <coughs> sorry. Uh, you go in like uh, you know in the Pennsylvania, you got you have Marion right there, you got Pine Valley, that's not too far. So I think there's more quantity, but I think St. Louis, like I belong to uh to Boone Valley and it's a pretty special place. Um very special. You know, it's a small membership and we get to play uh, as much as we can there and uh it's a nice drive to get all the way to Augusta, Missouri there. Uh and I'm at Meadowbrook also, that's a more of a busier club but a great track and made made a lot of friends uh through uh through some of my golf membership. Like I said, like I'm kind of an addict about golf. I, I think every house that I have, like I have a golf club. I'm a member somewhere. So <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy the game and my family my son, my son right now is in Florida, staying in my house, trying to try to make it on some some of the mini tours and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice to see too. Now, Marty, I I knew that about your son. I was I wanted to ask you: Does he come to you for any mental advice? Because there's so many similarities. Uh, yeah, he does. He does a little bit. I think I I try to make him learn the hard way at times. I think it's important for him to get it. Uh, but he does have some questions. You know, I was on his bag. Uh, we we did the Q school for the McKenzie tour. Uh, I think it was in I would say maybe in March or something like that. So I, I was on the bag for four four rounds with him, caddying him, and um, you know I kind of saw a little bit some of the stuff that he needed to kind of work on and the way uh, the way he's conducting himself. And but it's 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 tough. Like I'm not a pro golfer and. I'm not that good at it. Like I'm a, I'm a nine handicap, so it's not like I'm killing anybody here and I can't really give advice, but I think down the mental part, uh, with what I've accomplished, I think there's a lot of things that could really help, help him try to kind of figure it out. 
Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite part of the game? Do you have any good golf stories that you could share with us with, you know, maybe some of your NHL buddies or, or anyone? Well, yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of, them. I think like, uh, I was, I was fortunate enough to treat have three holes and all in ones, you know? Wow. And so I always say like my, my favorite one, um, it was on father's day. I don't know. It's a bunch of years back and I was playing with all my three sons at the time. Now I have four, but my little one wasn't born and, um, they were killing me. Like they were, they were playing better than me and I was able to like, hit, hit a hole in one right in their face. <laughs> so that was kind of that was that was the fun one, but I got a good like like I said I I've, I've been fortunate uh, like you know like I played a lot of golf and last last Thursday you know I mean I don't want to offend anybody with politics here but um, I got a phone call uh, from uh, a, a course in Bedminster New Jersey and uh, it was the head pro Mickey Gallagher called me and he says well 45 would like to play with you tomorrow are you available. And I was like, 45? What's 45? <laughs> and now I kind of put it together. It it's was Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. So, I, yeah, so I got to spend uh, the whole day uh, with him, played around a golf, had lunch. And, uh, you know, we barely talked politics. And it was just kind of fun to, to be with a president of the United States playing golf and have Secret Service around you, uh, like snipers around, you know. It was kind of pretty cool. All right, that's going to wrap up that interview. Pearly, give me a quick hit that you took away from that interview. The first parts of it, especially his calm demeanor and uh, the connection with family, sitting down for family dinners. Uh, you and I just love that. And then his his love for his father, just great. Yeah, that was there, – there's, there's much more. We're going to uh, – well, that, let's wrap up this uh, back nine. Come back for the Michelob Ultra 19th hole. We'll break down the rest of that Martin Brodeur interview. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Bill DeWitt III, president of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're talking to Jay Delsing. And wait, oh, sorry, what's the name of the show? <laughs> Golf with Jay Delsing. Oh, yeah, let me start it. <laughs> hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros use on the PGA Tour. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you, as well as putting you on the KVEST 3D motion capture system. Trust me, I've been on it. It is really cool. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Are you looking for a great career? Do you like meeting nice people, working with your hands, and fixing things inside the home? Marcon Appliance Parts Company would like to encourage you to consider a high-paying career in major appliances repair and service. Major appliance service technicians are in very high demand. Major appliance techs work regular hours and make excellent money. They work local, in their own communities, and are home every night. It is an incredibly stable industry and highly rewarding work. Discover more about your new career in major appliance services today by contacting a local appliance service company in your hometown. In St. Louis or St. Charles County, contact Brian Propes at AAA Home Services. The phone number is 636-299-3871. Marcona Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at the Whit 
at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop. you got to see my buddy Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise, visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at 636-926-9622. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Our town is one of the best sports cities in the country. There's also a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. September 28th through October 4th at Norwood Hills. It's the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic. PGA Tour champion legends like Ernie Els, Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, and many more will be in St. Louis. All proceeds will benefit St. Louis area youth and charities in North St. Louis County. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. All right, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly. What's that chair feel like, man? That's got to be weird. Good. For you. Hey, you know I like your theme, your theme music, but do you need to think about changing that up a little bit? God, what do you mean? <laughs> cut the mic. Just cut the mic. Really? Doesn't show up for weeks, months, and then starts demanding. What about what about? Hey, I have to change the audio. I have a, hey, fan, a fresh perspective that I'm just trying to share. How, this is the first uh, time you've heard the show. How's our How's our social media stuff doing, me? It's doing oh, great. Oh, oh, good. Best it's ever been. Uh, best ever been. Let's change the music up a little bit. Yeah, go ahead, Pearl. What's change Instagram it up. Again? Pearl, send me over a couple of uh, uh, hey samples and let me know what if you that's think. That's the attitude. You, you I might oh, not yeah. be giving you my creative ideas down the line. This down is Pearly, though. He is Mr. <laughs> Delegator. Hey, this is what you probably ought to do. Hey, do you want to do it? I no. got an idea. Can you figure this out? Yeah, I got a good idea. You do it. All right. Here we go. Where would you guys be without delegation? That's uh, all I got to say. Let's, uh, let's pop one. Michelob Ultra 19 hole. Here we go. All right. All right. Um, Martin Brodeur, I, I, I still look at, there is a rule created in the, in the game of hockey. The trapezoid behind the goal was done because this guy handled the puck so well. Everybody hated playing against New Jersey because they blocked up the middle of the ice. So people, the uh, uh, opposing team had to dump the puck and chase it. Well, Marty would go grab the puck and shoot it out, and they'd turn it into offense. I mean, it was everybody's that, getting pissed. That, that's how special you are when you're that creative. Yep. To after all the years of that sport, for him to actually do something that they had to change some of the rules—that's that's just a- absolutely awesome. Bro, what about the what about the thing when he's eight years old and he goes into practice, <laughs> and the coach says, "You want to play 
forward or you want to play goalie this year? And he says it's like one of the biggest decisions he ever makes. He's like, oh, I'll just play goalie. And here's a guy like the best all-time goalie ever. Probably. I mean, well, in I, the discussion, for sure. I love what he said, too. Because if I would have been a you know forward or defenseman, you, we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, right now. Right, but, right. but, Jay, that's a question I had for you. I thought that was a, one of the key moments of, uh, of your interview with him, because I think we can all relate to it. You and I talk about key moments actually in a game of golf, key moments in a tournament. He's talking about life kind of key moments. What, first of all, one, I was going to encourage you, when you interview anybody going down the pike, I think that could be a great question. What is I, what I was one it. of the one or two key moments in your life? And and again, did we did you think them through? Did they just happen yep. and you kind of reacted? So I'm going to throw it at you. Unpre- un, un, uh, un, 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 what, unprepared? What, unprepared. Well, wait a <laughs> that's a problem. That's, so, that's, that's a problem. an oxymoron on our show. So what's what was a key moment in your golf career? Oh my gosh, go uh, getting scholarship to UCLA for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, getting through the the first Q school. Yeah. Because you know you can get hung up on that pro and never ever. That can be a mental hurdle that can take you down. Yeah. And it, and it and I, I can remember going through that and I wasn't very good. I mean, and and thinking I got this. Well, that's kind of the key that you need to have. If you have, I got this, you're way ahead of most of the guys out there. I, I, and, and I had no business having an I got well, this. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. You're, you had a pretty good college career. But I think that's cool. I think, you know, I see, I think in business, when I look back in my uh, first business and that kind of stuff, there was one or two key things. You know, can I say that I really thought them out? I think one or two, one was probably pretty obvious. And another one was, you know, came out of absolutely nowhere and I happened to make the right decision, which I believe has to do with some other things that we can talk about someday. But I think that's so cool that we all have that and, and the way how much or how little control we might actually have of it. I thought it was awesome. Well, what about what Marty said? He goes, I, to win a Stanley Cup, it takes so much luck. And he goes, well, I can pinpoint on every Stanley Cup win throughout the playoffs how we got bounces we got a call things went our way and anyone that's won the stanley cup can say the same thing but how many times you you heard that from tour players as well that i remember Corey pavin out of school when he won a couple times he uh, he said here's the deal it has to be a course that fits me and i have to get lucky yep. you look back at some of the uh, u.s open winners through the years the guys that they snap hook it out of bounds it hits some some limb or some fence yep. comes back yep. they wedge it in front chip it in all of a sudden they made a birdie instead of an accident where they're going home absolutely and that's 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 pa- back to have a little resilience and stay in the game and who knows what can happen and pearl who was the, who was the guy at the u.s open this year at tory that that hooked his Three iron on number eleven and got stuck up in the tree. Was that Mackenzie Hughes or some the the young the great you know young Canadian yep. player? I mean, really, how does that well, happen? Well, those things can happen. Then all of a sudden, now your brain goes to anything can happen. Anything and, can and, exactly. Yeah, a seagull could carry this thing off, or, right. or one of those uh, kite guys. Those guys are yeah, the, the hang gliders. Hang gliders yeah. out there grab it and take off with it. So then your mind can go the other way. When you get that bounce in your favor, then you're thinking. Oh, I can hit it in a house and still make a birdie. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna free it up here a little bit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Poof, here's another show gone. Wow. We have more to talk to just on this interview. I thought it was one of your best, Jay. Thanks. Thank you. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining me. Pearly, me, thanks for taking good care of us or screwing us up a little less than you did last time or what you might the next time we do it. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit up straight, St. Louis. <laughs>